Welcome to another episode of the Unapologist Podcast. Today we have the Lexus of all human beings, Christopher <laughs> Polson. If I'm the Lexus, let me tell you, you might be a civic, but you're not street legal. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was going for the Pinto, but hey, I'll take a civic. <laughs> we have you're, a, you're, a, you're a Supra. Supra. Oh, I'm you're taking me back now. Uh, <laughs> and it's 92. 92 Vito McKenzie on this end and for this special on tap edition we're bringing back another another wonderful guest that we had on one of our first few guests Michael Hurd Michael welcome back to the show thanks guys and it's appropriate that we bring back Michael because one of the things we wanted to talk about today being on tap and just letting this free spirit conversation flow is living on another plane of existence i just have to stop you for a second so um for the listeners at home we have uh we have a spreadsheet and it's how we keep track of which guests are coming up and the topics and how we and you know for editing and posting and so what'll happen is sometimes i reach out to people sometimes Vito reaches out to people and names start showing up on this spreadsheet. And all of a sudden, I look at the spreadsheet one day, and Michael Hurd's name is on there. And I say, oh, we've we've talked to Michael. That'll be good. And I look at the topic, and Vito was typing it in as I ha was looking at it. And he types, living on another plane of existence. <laughs> and I, I, just, I, I, I could have right then and there asked questions, but I was like, nope, we're doing it. <laughs> I, I just well, like, what is this guy talking about? Well, well yeah, let, 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 let me let me discuss. Let me why I put that and why I wanted Michael b b back on here pretty badly. It's because since March, you know, this whole world has been really in another place, right? We, our mindset is just completely all over the map. We're in the gutter. We're doom scrolling. We're so focused on the moment, uh, you know, the, with everything going on. And people are getting really mired in what's happening around us. And we, what we really need is kind of just a, a chance to refocus and to say, okay, how can we look above and beyond what's happening in the world right now? How can we elevate ourselves? How can we recognize that this moment in time has been the same as many other moments in time? How do we see beyond the moment and, and, and elevate ourselves beyond that? And so that's why I, I really wanted Michael back on to, to discuss, because if you ever follow him on Twitter, um, at Herdish or Enter the Witness, he always has these little pearls, these nuggets, these like, they, they, they hit your brain. <laughs> like just, it's like he took a little pearl and just flung it right, right at your skull. And you're like, oh, wow. You know, it's something, a little nugget to, to really chew on for the day. And, and so, uh, M Michael, like, let's, 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 let's start here how do we make sense of the world right now? And how, how do we see beyond the moment? Like that's, that's a big question to open up, but where, where can we start here? That's a big question. I got to say, um, I guess we got to start where we're at. We got to take stock of what we're doing, where we are, who's in our, our bubble, I guess you could say. Um, why are they there? Is there something to be, uh, learned or gathered from what's happening right now because it's such a unique experience it probably won't ever happen again uh, in our lifetimes hopefully so maybe it's giving us an opportunity that we just don't know about and we're still working our way through it i like that i like that um i have been uh um i guess you know, I like how you're saying how they, you know, see, there's there could be potential opportunity, potential learning, potential good. Dare I say? Um, and I keep thinking back to conversations we've had about, you know, we're teachers about the the, the return to school after the larger lockdown, and I, I'm just I'm always brought back to like that the positivity that happened in that first week, and and yeah, it's it's tough, but uh, you know, one of the things I, I I tell myself quite a bit is that, you know, all things come to pass. Um, but, you know, there's something, there's something at play here that I feel like, uh, I feel like I'm searching for and it's always just beyond my grasp, but it's still, it's still worth being searched for. Um, and and uh, so when I think about this, this concept of seeing beyond the moment, um, the, the, the question that I keep, that keeps kind of haunting me, I guess, is, uh, you know, this will end, you know, this, this is going to end, 
This is not forever. Um, but the, the, the question that keeps haunting me is when this does end, am I going to be able to look back and be proud of the person I was when we were in it? And that keeps, that keeps haunting me. Yeah. Well, I, I think we're all doing the best we can. And in that respect, we can't really fault ourselves as imperfect beings, you know, to, uh, we can't be too hard on ourselves. We're, we're getting through it. We're going to have good days, bad days. Uh, there are so many triggers around and, um, we won't know until it's over how it went. So what, what are some things then we can look for right now? Because I really feel like with people at home and just locked down and nowhere to go, people are, are, are seeking now. They, they're recognizing that there's a search within them, right? I think we talked about this the first time together, that everyone's seeking. And you, this is one thing you spoke about, Michael, that we're all seeking. And I think we're, we're kind of looking in the wrong place for where, where that search is going to be. We think maybe it's at the end of our Twitter feed or our Facebook yeah. feed or Instagram, or just maybe it's the next binge on Netflix. So we're, we're, we're all really seeking. Like what, 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 what do you think we're really trying to get at here? Well, I think we're being bombarded by a lot of different things, uh, mostly information. And uh, we have to really figure out what's, what sticks, what, what really uh, has some sort of a foundation that we can lock onto. And um, once this is all over, it'll be what stays, you know, um, because we're, we're getting rid of stuff right now. We may know it, we may not know it, but we're getting rid of the stuff that we don't need, the relationships that aren't helping, um, the techniques, the strategies we've used for coping. We know what works and what doesn't by now because it's been months. And at the end of it all, we'll say, I know that I can rely on these things, these people, and this part of me that I've discovered through it all. I've tested myself maybe, you know, to see, you know, how did I cope? Like you were saying, Chris, you know, am I going to be proud of what I did while the pandemic was on? Or am I going to have to work on some stuff? Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's really good too, because I definitely, um, you know, when you talk about the, the the people who you were able to look to, you know, this uh, this kind of new way of existing has definitely had me thinking, hey, I, I'd never thought maybe that that was a person or that was a group that would become kind of like a, uh, you know, someone I can rely on, but it is. And on the other hand, uh, on the other side of the coin, rather, um, you know, there's people who I thought that, you know, were kind of always going to be my my people who I could rely on and who I could trust and who I could count on, and and you know, that's becoming just not not the same, not 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 so anymore. That can be disappointing because we invest so much in our relationships. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, to find out that they were more or less actors. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't who we thought they were. They were, yeah, their authenticity is coming out now. Mm-hmm. We can see more clearly who they are. One of the yeah, things that, you, oh, go ahead, Vito. Uh, go, please, no, Chris. One of the yeah, things yeah. that you you had said it, when the last time we talked was we had to develop a, a good ability to, uh, to, to be able to see people who are searching. And I took that with me into our, uh, into, into the schools and, you know, just being able to look at the people who are searching, maybe I didn't have the roadmap to give them, but you know, I had the pat on the back to give them. And I think that's a huge component of this too. I think a lot of people in, in, you know, right now it's, uh, it's, it's November 25th, 2020. I think there are so many people of all sorts of different ages who are searching who this has given them time, whether they're a reflective person or not, they've been forced to be reflective yeah. uh, because there's nothing else to do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, seriously, you know, uh, I, I think a lot of, uh, I, I think we see a lot of searchers. Um, I, I uh, you know, I teach, I teach grade 12 uh, primarily and uh, in grade and grade 11 as well. And uh, the difference this year between kind of like, the the grad year push to applying to university 
it's it fee there's a different feel to it uh-huh. there's a different feel to it and more of a uh there was always the nervousness of am I gonna get in? Um, yeah. but there's there's a there's a caution about it now. You know, there's not maybe maybe not jumping in with both feet. You're trying to keep one foot on the dock, you know, yeah. because uh, I'm searching and I'm searching and I'm searching. And I think we've been shown that like at any given moment now, you know, we've been given a real, real concrete example of that everything can come crashing down. Yeah, well, this is our it's- of mortality (laughs) and that'll always make you reset absolutely a lot of things but i don't think we're going to go back to the way things were no i don't think so no i think it's it's changed us enough that we're going to do we're going to do it differently but you know we are all anticipating that and it's happening and you see like the the big cities especially in the u.s kind of emptying themselves out a bit as people say hey you know if i'm going to be working remotely why am i paying these outrageous costs in the downtown core of, of a major city when i can go live somewhere else peacefully uh, so we're seeing that but i think one thing that's not going to change is that uh, we're still going to have this feeling of you know there's this search this feeling of uns- uh, satisfaction that's not being met and so we need to open the door to that and traditionally you know there's always been someone there offering something uh, saying, hey, if you're searching, I, I got an answer for you. <laughs> um, you know, come this way, buy this, you know, thing, this trinket, this this idea. I'll, I'll, I'll sell it to you. Um, and, and, you know, just keep keep paying me. And you'll get the secret eventually. Yeah. Um, I thought we figured the secret out. Um, <laughs> drink, drink water. Water. Oh, yes, yes. Just drink Monster. water. You're good. You're good. You're good. Um, so let's 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 dive into it because this is where really michael your book's coming to play here um so you know enter the witness is really kind of the the opening act to seeing something beyond ourselves at the moment right am i, am I nailing that okay yeah yeah let's go with that okay no, well, it's, it's it's your work and i want you to <laughs> i um i guess i'm trying to reframe a lot of concepts that are already out there um whatever if it's uh reincarnation or non-attachment or uh people that can find it anywhere in in a way that appeals to them and i'm just thinking what if i'm not religious what if i need to access that kind of information in a way that doesn't turn me off because i'm not into institutional religion uh, think- so I'm I'm framing it in a in another context, I guess, to keep the discussion going at least, because I think it needs to keep going and keep going. And and at the core of Enter the Witness too is is like I uh, the reader almost the reader is the self being guided, um, and yeah. that's that's you know we're we're at this point right now where we're all having a deep experience of the self. I, I think when you're trapped with yourself, you start to have a deep experience of the self. And what I love about Enter the Witness is, is you have the beings that are being the guide. But yeah, um, we're, we're in a guideless world right now. And, yeah. and, and, and then um, we have so much, we have so many different people who are acting as guides too, who are also stuck in that guideless world. Um, and and I'll say this: I've always, uh, Vito, you'll you'll know this as soon as I say it. I've always been the type of person who believes that uh, our leadership, whatever that means to you, in my heart, I believe everyone's doing their best. But I, I think that gu- that guide component is missing. You yeah. Know, um, who who's the teacher now? Um, yeah, it's. We can have teachers, let's say more than one. Let's not focus on just one teacher, because I think that's where we limit ourselves. And if we explore teachers, including our own self, our person, um, as an extension of the, the self, and like I would say the self as a higher aspect of our person. Um, in, the, uh, in the books, I describe our experiences visiting we're just visiting reality and reality is a construct 
and we don't have the whole picture because we rely on perception. So what do we got? Five senses. And they don't tell us a whole heck of a lot. They tell us enough to get by so that we can move through reality and we have a program to complete while we're here. And that program is, I guess, it's a challenge. And the answers are here, but we have to find them. We have clues. We have the gathering. We have invisibles uh, here to guide us. And some of them show up in human form. Some of them show up in animal form. Um, we have dreams to guide us. We've got all kinds of sources to draw from. If we lean too heavily on one thing, put all, all our eggs in the basket, we can be misled, I guess. So if we just get focused, we can get all ultra doctrinal about it and saying, okay, as long as I'm within these five sentences of what I'm supposed to do, uh, I'm good. Like, is, is, yeah. is that, is, is that what we're, uh, we're, we're kind of hoping that there's a one fix out there. Cause I get this, what, what you're proposing here is, is, is challenging in many, many ways. Uh, yeah. Because, because that's, I think that's one of the reasons, you know, Chris and I, you know, studying theology, one of the many reasons that um, when you look at a very structured organization, people love about it. it. It's that I just have to look at that. That's it. I don't have to think anything beyond that. It's a great place to start. I think, I think it gives us structure. It gives us somewhere to start. And if it keeps working for us, we just keep going. And if it stops working for us, then we start to yeah, ask questions. And if we're asking questions and we're not getting the answers we need, then we have to go somewhere else. I love what you say about um, don't put all your eggs in one basket on this journey. Um, yeah. Because, I, I, you know, uh, that resonated with me because sometimes I feel like that's what I'm doing. Sometimes I feel as though I have, and maybe it's not one basket, but maybe it's a, an umbrella of baskets, but yeah. they're all in the same vein. Yeah. Um, but it, it comes down. So, uh, and I, again, I want to tie your thoughts to, to the now. And I feel like um, there's a, there's a lot of um, self-preservation that those baskets identify as, whether it's like, you know, professional or relational or it just health wise, you know, I feel like that, ba I feel like that is a basket that, you know, me, and if I'm feeling it, I'm guessing a lot of other people are feeling it too, that that's a yeah. basket that we throw things on. And so when those baskets come crashing down, it makes asking those questions with, where there's no answers that much harder. Yeah. Cause we doubt our own judgment. We say, well, how can I have confidence in my own ability to make good choices? And um, it's just like anything else. We do the best we can. And we're not faulted for it because we're not, we're not perfect. So we're going to make mistakes. But we have this allotment of time, a lifetime, to work through it. And it's never dull. That's for sure. Amen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you, if you figured it out by the time you were 20, I mean, <coughs> sorry. Uh, what would you do for the other hundred years that you're around? You know, so it can only take us so far. So this this lifelong journey that we're on, I mean, we have to we're on it. We get on it. We can either ignore it or we can we can dive into it and ask the hard questions. But then how how do we how do we deliver that to those around us? You know, because I I know for myself these are always the big existential questions I'm thinking about every day and and I can't pass that on to my students they're, they're searching too but they're not where I'm at I mean I've been thinking about this for a little bit longer than them that they've been alive oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I and, and for some people who are just coming into it you know that this is just something you don't want to dump that on them so how how, how do we bring people into this to this fold where they say okay because what you're speaking about is that this reality is a construct that through our perception and through our senses, and we don't have it all, but we can ask the hard questions. How, how do we guide people into this? 
Well, once we internalize it, <clears throat> we automatically start to model it. And people look at us, they, they look to our actions more than our words, I think. <clears throat> and if we're modeling a certain behavior or lifestyle, and it seems like we're happy, people want to know, how come that guy is happy? I want some of that. And so they start to ask questions. You don't even have to tell them. They're the ones that start asking the questions. And then you can say, well, I can give you my opinion, but, um, you know, there's lots of opinions out there. So you, you don't put yourself in a position where you, they become dependent on you. Even in the classroom, you're giving them opinions, you're giving them facts, but are they true? Yeah, people have to struggle with the truth on their own. You know, it's if, if it's true for you, I have to find out if it's true for me. Good way of saying it too. Struggle with the truth. Yeah, I think, wrestle. I I do think it's it's a yeah it's a wrestling match. Yeah, don't um, just accept it. And and I'm getting the I'm getting the impression too that you know this is not uh this is not a an an, an authoritative relationship that you know we have when we welcome people into a you know a bigger a bigger way of thinking and a bigger. Uh, welcome people into maybe experiencing what our truth is and inviting them to share it if it's for them. You know, there's never going to be someone lording over top of another one. Uh, you know, someone who's standing up with all the knowledge, giving it to the good people and keeping away, you know? Yeah. Um, there, it, it seems as though, you know, if we, if we want to see beyond the moment and if we want to really, really get to the core of who we are, what we believe, what's good for us, how we can move forward in any circumstance – it seems as though it's something that's community. It, you know, community is a huge aspect of it. Yeah, it really is. I think we gravitate in in circles and different communities uh, through our lives. And, and we find, you know, at this point in my life, I seem to be gravitating towards that type of a community and so on. And um, so we move towards them. And if there's sort of a sympathetic um, agreement on ideas and feelings and uh, things like that, we can find that uh, we are strengthened by that community because they align with our, our beliefs. And I think belief is really huge in um, yeah, entering different levels of existence. So, so uh, let's, let's plug a bit here. How, how can your work lead me to that? Like what, what, what is, what is your work specifically? Because your work is a journey that you, the reader take uh, walking through this. So how, how yeah. does it, how, how does it lead me to that? Like, I mean, I've read them, so you know. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could tell you how it looks from my end, but what, like what, uh, you know, what, what a person asking this question, when they dive in, what are they getting out of it? I feel like I'm being led by the books too, in a way. Like I, I don't feel like I'm writing the books most of the time. I just feel like I'm, typing them out, correcting the errors, you know, and it's just going in its own direction now. It just seems to have a life of its own. So I can, I can't, like even the books down the road, I, I haven't gotten that information yet. I've gotten some notes, but the final, the final product is going to look different. I, I know that for sure. So I'm getting bits and pieces. I'm getting um, little hints and clues, and I'm, I'm sort of, struggling through the material myself as I'm writing it. And um, yeah, and if someone wants to join me on this, um, this, on this road, I'm not saying that I have all the answers, but yeah, I'm happy to share what I know and uh, what I'm not sure of, I'm happy to say, I just don't know. Mm. So I'll see where it leads me. And then you, one day you'll just be gone. We're like, what happened? We don't know. <laughs> But uh, let's let's take this down to the classroom now, uh, Chris. So, like, I know in your classroom, one thing you stress is that, especially in a religion class, it's not a real class unless they've had an authentic experience of Christ, really, in uh, in your classroom. And you know, with the many guests we've had on, we come back to this: what kind of experience of the classroom do they want? Something beyond just "I'm teaching facts," right? I don't think any of our guests have ever come on to say. I mean, this is what we do. We just teach. This is the best way to teach this subject, but this is how we introduce an experience to the students. So uh, for, for you, like, like how, how do you go about that in your classroom? Chris? For me, um, yeah. 
So to me, uh, the first way to do that is I, I firmly believe that the the uh, the best teacher in the world, not me, uh, teaching the best. Uh, I'm nominating you. I'm nominating you. <laughs> the best teacher <laughs> in the world teaching the best student in the world. That student is still really, really going to only remember like one, maybe two things. Like really remember, really have locked in at the end of a whole course, right? Yeah. Um, and one of the things that I want students to remember is their experience with who I was. Because in that classroom setting, I take the things that I believe are important, the curricular outcomes that I believe behind, you know, that I believe in them. I, I, I stand behind them. And I, instead of just making notes or saying, you remember this, the core is, is living it first so that when they think of Mr. Polson, immediately they remember, oh, you know, the time that he, you know, he saw that I didn't have a pen and gave me a pen, you know, and I didn't ask, you know, things like that. It's, 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 it's embodying the core of what we want to teach and the love of what we want to teach in a religion class. It comes down to that experience of Christ and it comes into trying to model behaviors like Christ. And no one's ever going to be able to do that fully. And, and but like to think, you know, uh, when you, when, when, uh, when you clothed the, the least of me, you clothed me when you fed the least of them, you fed me. You know, and, and having that sort of an experience where it doesn't come necessarily from the things we learn, but from the people we encounter along the way, where the framework of that learning is in those people. Uh, you know, for example, um, you know, even even teaching about the role of, uh, you know, take the, the role of priests, the role of the laity, uh, you know, in a mass like being able to teach that in a relational way and and and, ex and 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 bringing people into understanding the importance of who they are within the construct of what we're doing it makes it real for them it affirms that they are a person with dignity who has experiences and roles and responsibilities and taking them into your life being vulnerable sharing your story and letting them be them with that information you know, one of the things I really tried to do this particular year is not necessarily have a particular way that I need like assignments brought back to me. You know, if you're good at doing movies, do it as a movie. If you're a good pre presenter, present it to the class, you know, letting people be themselves, but sharing yourself with them and in sharing yourself, share the things that you want them to learn. Religion is such a great subject for that. You can do almost anything with religion. I, it's, it's, I, I am a, I'm a lucky man for being able to teach the subjects I teach. And, 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 you know, the thing is like, I know I don't want to sound cliched, but like you, you learn from every class you meet. Cause like, you know, going back to what you said earlier, Michael, you know, we all have these truths and these experiences that we can, you know, people can come to us. I want, I want some of that. Give me some of that truth. Maybe that works for me. Maybe it doesn't. But like teachers every single day in all of their classes have 30 people who have their own truth that can share it. And part yeah. of that experiential, part of that, part of that, part of that experiential component and being able to unlock that for me is when you finally are able to break down the walls that young people are open enough to share their particular truth on the subject matter that you're teaching them. And, and I think validated. that's massive. Yeah. yeah. You know, when a kid has confidence to say, actually, this is what I think they've had a genuine experience. Yeah. And you can, you can bet someone in your classes had a previous class where someone told them that they were wrong. And you can say to them, well, we don't have Vito all the answers, but we have some of the answers. <laughs> and so I'm not going to say you're wrong, but I'm going to say, how did you come to this, you know, realization in your own life? You, you know, you're 17. And uh, I want to know how you found that out. Because when I was 17, I didn't come to that realization. Yeah, I didn't come to that till I was in my 30s, you know. Mm -hmm. So there's, I find them 
the younger uh, generation is on an accelerated path. I, I what, agree. What, sorry, what, 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 what do you mean by accelerated path? Because I, I, I hear what you're saying, but what, like, can, you, can you specify what you mean by that? Because of the information age, they have access to so much more than I did mm -hmm. in the 60s and 70s, you know. And they can they can spout the facts, they can find them, and and some of them are questionable facts, but they have access to all this stuff, which actually it creates a kind of a quickening experience for them because they get turned on really quick by ideas, and they and because they're young, they're passionate, and then that just feeds off of each other, and then man, they're convinced that they believe in this thing, and then I say, whoa, 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 whoa. okay, explain it to me what if i want to believe in it too i i need to know what you're going through right now absolutely hmm. absolutely because i didn't get that chance when i was younger and it's like uh it's like plato's cave every month for some <laughs> it, it, no it really like i know it's a bit of a joke but like because the young people are inundated with so much information yeah you know and, and then that information becomes stale because there's new information coming in and new information coming in. Um, you know, I, I keep thinking back to the guides. I, I, that's why I see there's so much value in having a good guide for when you're, you know, you, you're trying to figure out who you are and what you believe. Yeah. I think, you know, and, and take that back to the classroom veto. I think that's one of the huge roles that teachers have nowadays is being a guide on this uh, this this journey that young people have, because you know when you're inundated with as much as these young people are inundated with, um, you know there needs to be some sort of a, a, a I don't want to say filter, but some sort of a uh, some sort of a a nurturing of how to process it. And how to then process the next piece and and add and build and get rid of. I, I think that's a huge role of teachers as as the guide for uh, for you know helping people to discover who they are. Yeah, then we can be like the sound the sounding board for them. They can bounce ideas, and we can sift through the material with them, and, mm. and, we, and we can help them organize it within their awareness to see what fits with their life right now. Like if they're getting ideas. That don't really apply to a 16 year old um then we can say let's put that on the back burner this one applies to where you're at right now or this one is for a much younger person you can skip that stuff mm -hmm. we can help them put it in a linear sense with where they're at right now and they can save some stuff for later when they're older they don't have to figure it all out now and that's to me that's a that's a huge thing you don't have to figure it out all right now be, no. I, I tell students I'm 34 years old and I don't know what I want to be when I grow up yet. Exactly. <laughs> and they never forget that. Because they figure you've got it all figured out. Just because I'm that handsome, right? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's uh, well, that's why I turned it? to you, Chris. I, I, I'm like, if you haven't figured it out, then no one has. And uh, <laughs> no, no hope for me, that's for sure. And uh, um, so... Uh, Michael, what, what about what about your? I know we talked about it last episode, but your meditation practice. You, you kind of spoke like how you would respond to the students' needs and you get them there. But how how would you even open them up to that idea of participating in it? Because yeah. I, I, you know, today's students and young people, and even older generation with this information age, were a lot more skeptical. Like yeah, I love how you brought in the passion piece and the ideas, but we're very skeptical uh, of these kind of ways of being and, and ways of, of doing. So how would you even open them up to that experience? I'd say we're going to do this thing and uh, we're going to call it meditation. You can meditate if you want. If you don't, you can draw. You can sit. If you want to put your head down, if you fall asleep, I won't know because I'll think you're meditating with your eyes closed. <laughs> so I, I just I throw a bit of humor into it and I say um and guess what for the next 20 minutes I won't call on you and ask you a question I won't ask you to do anything uh aside from listen and if you don't want to listen you can tune me out you know I won't know and uh so we just do it anyway 
And there's always a few that jump right in from the start. Some come a bit later and some, they never really try it, but they appreciate that 20 minutes, you know, as a change in the, the pattern of the class uh, structure. They just needed that break, you know. Right, because you would have. Go ahead. Sorry, because you would have students who would show up to your class Friday, and that's the only thing they would show up for, and then leave for the rest of the day, skip out the rest of the day, right? Yeah, that that came later on, but that that first time <laughs> that we did the meditation, there was a lot of giggles. It's funny for a lot of them; they start laughing and they start, you know, well, look at him; he's meditating. Oh, look at her! And it's a, I, it's a bit of a. A circus the first day, but uh, they, they really that, connect with it, though. They do. They do. Yeah, there's we, something uh, in them that just connects with it. I've had a, I've had a lot of teachers this year um, who book me in for weekly meditations with their class. Some of them do meditation Mondays. Some of them do the last day of the week, but it's consistent. And I never had that luck. The the feed the mm -hmm. feedback that students are giving is that. It's my favorite. It's my favorite time of the day. Yeah, it's my they favorite part of the week. Um, mm. And with a few of those classes, we've done you know sixty minute meditations. No way. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We. we wow. And, and 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 they are, they're in it. They're, they're in, in it. In the zone. Um, yeah. And and uh, it's showing me. Uh, and again, I'm I'm, I'm kind of taking it to the now. Um, it's showing me the need for that quiet of the soul that we need during this time that we're in. Yeah, we um, never get it. And 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 one of the things that I always talk about, you know, you know, I, I there's meditation for sure, and and uh, there's there's different types of meditation, and you yeah. know, as, as a chaplain, I often like my meditations are often you know very spiritual based. Oh, yeah. and, and I always come in and I say, hey, there's different ways of praying. Sometimes we pray with our body. Sometimes we pray with our words. But this is a type of prayer where we wait and we listen. Um, and uh, I was doing this meditation where uh, it's a it's a I call it the cup meditation. Yeah. And um, I have the students. The first part of the meditation is to draw themselves as a cup which is always interesting because sometimes you get a coffee mug, you know, sometimes you get like just a normal water glass. Sometimes you get a shot glass or a wine glass. <laughs> um, but then we meditate our way through the Beatitudes. Oh. And at different points, what we do is we, what we want, we want to maintain the thought processes that serve us, not our, us serving them. And yeah. so we, what we do is we try to get in a, in a mindset where every time we realize that we're following down a, a thought process that isn't serving us, we put a crack in our cup. Oh. And, and at the end, I have students come up to me and they have these cups that are full of cracks and they're saying, why am I only thinking bad stuff? And I say, well, you're not, you're letting go of it. Yeah. Um, but I, I, you know, when, after we'd spoken, I was just thinking, I really wanted to push that I'm going to be leading meditations and, and, and Hey, huge thanks to you. It's been super successful this year. Uh, well, you, you've got, it's not, if you can do a 60 minute meditation, you've got what it takes. Definitely. <laughs> not, <laughs> not me. I, I'm, I'm just the, uh, you know, I'm just the, the, the mouthpiece. And it's never a waste of time. Nope. If you give if you give them a bit of meditation, they come back to work no problem. They're they're ready to work. They make up for that. Like it's uh, it's so valuable to them. We've even done uh, we've even done meditations where uh, a whole class of mine it was off isolating. I was off isolating, and so we were on a Google Meet with a whole bunch of little windows. Nice. We still, we still did the meditations, and and because the kids want it. Yeah. And I think I know coming back to tie tie with this understanding of you know stepping out of our uh, stepping out of our kind of plane of existence as it were, mm -hmm. um, but what it does is I, I find that like uh, meditation takes us to a place of common ground, right? And I feel like there are so many times where you know, we're all in it. Even the person leading it is in it. Oh, yeah. And and so when you're done with that, everyone kind of realizes like we're in this together. 
Yeah. You know, and there's something there's something bigger going on here than just, you know, like whatever class we're in at that point. You yeah, know, you there's, kind, there's, you there's kind human beings all the levels through that meditation. Like there's all these sub levels that we have individually, but when you're in meditation as a class, they become harmonized and unified. Which is great because that's a community driven idea. And one thing, you know, I want to stress to our listeners who are probably like, wait a minute, didn't you view Vito specifically say in previous episodes, you know, meditation is not the cure to all your life's problems. No. <laughs> and you know, that's one thing I always stress. And like, oh, for sure. one, it is a wonderful discipline, a practice, something I've been working on for, for many years. And these, uh, Chris and Michael have been doing for, uh, you know, decades. Um, it, it's purpose driven what we're talking about right now. Like we're talking about harmonizing a class out mm -hmm. of a moment in their schedule, uh, specifically to, and and it goes back to that experience too, right, Vito? Yeah, to have that experience. It's not this is all of a sudden going to cure your anxiety or solve yeah. all your problems. This is taking you out of the moment for the day uh, to, to somewhere else. Yeah. Even just, you know what I was saying about the cracks in the cup? No, you're letting go of that stuff. You know, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity and experience. Yeah. And it's done visually too. Like they, they can use the imagination and and just kind of go with the creative aspects of it. It's not so structured, like it's structured, I guess, with respect to time, but there's, as far as where the person's going in their meditation, that's not structured at all. They actually have some freedom, mm -hmm. which they crave so much. Wow, so so Michael, uh, we've had, enter the from you, we've had Enter the Witness, Reference Point, There's Nowhere Else, Part One, Part Two, what's next? Part three. <laughs> Nowhere else <laughs> part three. Yeah, it's called, uh, yeah, part three is called the Expressions of Value, and it's focusing on uh, more of the material aspects of our existence and um, money, jobs, vocation, stuff like that. Relevant. Wow. So Relevant. Maybe tell, tell our listeners, what, what do you mean, like, because you spoke first time to the in the Yang of... Um, into the witness and reference point there's nowhere else though what uh where are we going then what's the there's nowhere else but or is it just there's nowhere else um it, it i think if you if you put those words if if you say there is nowhere else you're pointing to something and if you say there is nowhere else then you're saying something exists a place exists but it's called nowhere else and if you say there's nowhere else, then then that means there's no place else but here. Oh, <laughs> I like that. Say, it depends. It, how you say it. But you, you're you're even coming back to what you were saying at the at the at the start. Are we searching for nowhere else, or are we searching for here? Right. We're always like this to get, guy. We're trying to get somewhere else, but when we get there, we're going to be here. It always felt when you were a kid and you went for a, a trip with your parents, it yeah. felt like it took forever to get oh. to the place. And then it was 20 minutes to get home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. So, but, yeah. but, you know, I'm thinking we, uh, you know, we're born and we start running away from the self, you know, because of what's being, you know, pushed into us from the media and everything we hear and every person that we meet and it's starting to build what we would call who we are yeah but, but who we are we never needed to run away from we're just well, building we, on it yeah yeah we're just adding adding in the material sense we're adding to our character uh, the role that we play we play many roles and we're getting really good at playing these roles and then eventually I won't have to play those roles anymore and they shift aside and uh, new roles appear. So I start developing those roles and the roles are the teachers too. I think they, they teach us a lot. Like, um, yeah, going into the role of teacher, going into the role of medical laboratory technologist, you know, each of them taught me so much about the world and myself. And then that builds on to the next And then we always look back and say, well, yeah, that made sense why all those things lined up. Of course, I had to go this, 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 there, there, and play this role, right? 
Yeah. In retrospect, we always look back and say, of course that had to happen that way. It makes sense now, but back <laughs> then was yeah. and and Vito, we're talking about experiences in the classroom. That I think that was hitting that was big vibes for me. Big vibes. Um, of course we had to go through that experience so that we could get to not just knowing something, but really understanding it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh yeah. that's you know, um you know, and I'm, I'm sure every religion teacher at some point has said, okay, you're going to think I'm crazy, but in 60 minutes, you're going to be like, wow. Yes. You know, I, I think that's what you're hitting on is like, you know, you go through content and it does, I don't think it matters if it's religion class or math class or science, you know, there's that time in being the role of teacher where you're going to say, we may not understand some parts of the journey until we're at the destination exactly and i always tell my students whether truthful or not like there is a method to my madness so just stay (laughs) on board with me and it'll make sense in the end and for my english classes which i teach it does right everything i do leads up to them seeing oh okay all this stuff that looks like is inconsequential practicing actually was improving my writing skill and my reading skill and in religion class um you know the method to my madness there when I'm doing that one is saying, Oh, I'm actually becoming a self-reflective person, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's, that's good to the end. Or, I, or I'm, yeah. I'm starting to realize that even though I struggle with some of the theological or archetypal or institutional concepts, I, I'm starting to realize that I actually can have a relationship with this thing that I can't see yeah and it's something that's unique to me whether it's la whether it's social whether it's it's unique to me because it's got my imprint on all of it and it's got my experience on all of it and it's got everything that i've done up to this moment in my life painted all over it so even though it's shared communally it is still perfectly mine and i can share that further yeah i think they're, they're really wanting something personal and you can make a personal for them and you know, we don't have to have a sense of, you know, where we should be at our ages in the in the process, because all we have to understand is where they're at. Like I said, oh, okay. They only need to know this part of Genesis. They don't need to know all this extra stuff that I learned when I was in university. You know, they only need to know this part. So I'm not responsible for all the other stuff. So, but if they ask questions, I can point you know, to something if they want to read or whatever. I love that. Where are they? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, because we forget that as, as a new teacher, especially because you just came out of, your, you know, your studies and you're like, I want to dump all this information because I never learned it. And you need to know. And it was so mind blowing yeah. to me. And it's like, whoa, whoa, they're, they're, they're 15. And they're just they're thinking about they're thinking about getting their license soon, and they know that. And and a lot of them don't really care what happened in the fourth chapter of the second verse, and they don't don't need to. A lot of them, and a lot of them don't care what's on page two seventeen of their LA textbook, you know. Uh, And that's okay. It's okay. But you know, but that's also a lesson for us every day. You know what? We don't have to know everything always that's going on all the time and to be inundated with everything all at once. We were given, I think, this illusion. Um, I saw a quote. It was great. Like, the internet is a web. It will ensnare you for a long period of time. (laughs) I'm just going to read one Wikipedia article, and it's 3 in the morning. morning. (laughs) What's this video? Oh, I see. And what rabbit hole did I just get down? That'll happen when you're looking up cat videos. I tell you that much. (laughs) Anything. Hey, hey, Vito, guess what? It's the best time of the week. Everyone's yeah. favorite time of the week. It is it's the Paulson Paulson points. 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 Oh, I live for the points. They live, people live for the points. Live for the points. In season two, we're going to start actually giving points out. It's <laughs> nice. getting real. Uh, I, I got to say, first of all, Michael, I was so excited when you were on, and I was so excited when Vito was typing in what we were going to be talking about, even though, like, at that point, I was like, I don't know, but Michael's got us. Um. Uh-huh. I feel like this was like, 
this was a great there's a great discussion I, I just love hearing everything you say puts me on this springboard and lets me get going i'm gonna have to edit 45 minutes of my own voice out of this thing um, <laughs> keep it keep it but but no I, i'm serious when i say um one of the points i was getting wasn't even a point that was made in terms of things that were said but like every idea you came up with hit me right in the in the chest and inspired new ideas from me and i think people you know i know this is a podcast that primarily focuses on teaching but i think people need to have individuals in their lives who will challenge them like that i think that's a huge yeah. point to have you know stop having the same conversation every day yeah have conversations that are going to push you to different ways of thinking um, trigger the cascade within their minds it'll yes. open up open up all kinds of ideas i'm niagara falls right now but i'm just going <laughs> over um it, is there something to be found ask the ask is there something to be found is there something good to be found we can have many teachers and we in ourselves can be many teachers because of the different roles that we take on don't put all your eggs in one basket or under one umbrella we in the journey of our lives are doing the best we can and keep searching for searchers a little humor goes a long way life's an experience my friend and finally ask yourself what do they need i love it yes that's it that's it we <laughs> let the awakening begin <laughs> <laughs> Did you say awakening or quickening? Well, I said awakening, awakening, okay, but we can quicken that. <laughs> yeah, sure. My, Michael, thank you so much for joining us again. It was an absolute pleasure to have you back on, and we just really enjoy speaking with you. Thank you for joining us this week on the Unapologist Podcast. Join us next week when we'll talk with great people, learn new ideas, and tell the story of teaching as it happens. This is Vito and Chris signing off. Podcast.